Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth, I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff, I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn. Good morning and welcome to Talk Money here on AM 990, where we'll help you focus on your financial future. We have got a great show today uh, for you. If you are a business owner or have ever considered owning a business or starting a business, uh, this is not to be missed stuff. Of course, I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. Jim, good morning. Well, you know, when you talk about not missing stuff. Stuff. I like that. So <laughs> so when you say stuff, what is stuff? What stuff you- in this context is going to be business planning. Business. So how you start the business, what you need to think about when you've got an established business, some of the financial issues you've got to consider. We've got Dr. Kevin Westbrook from Union University, David Rochester, who is a financial advisor, a planner in our office, are going to give us some great tips on that. So really, when you're putting it together, you're talking about the whole concept of running a business. The whole concept of running wow, a business. that's pretty important. That's it good really stuff. Is. It is good stuff, <laughs> see? <laughs> I like it. Uh, well, what happened yesterday? What, what stuff was that? I mean, you know. Yesterday, uh, we saw some stuff. Stuff going on in the market. market. That yes, was we for did. Sure. So you know, now I know immediately. Remember a couple of weeks ago when Bob Dahl made the comment that this is a see. He didn't say unbelievable. He said a least believed. Least in. believed. That's right. it. So least believed bull market. Bull market that he'd ever seen in his career. So what do you think that's saying? What yesterday a two hundred fifty plus drop in the market? Right. What does that say? What is what is what do you what do you think is on the mind of our listener this morning? Well, the, th- the the interesting thing is everything that drove the market down yesterday. None of that's changed between yesterday and today. There were some issues with the durable goods orders numbers. Uh, there was also some issue out of Russia. Russian lawmakers are drafting legislation would allow the government to seize foreign assets. None of that has changed today, and yet futures are up this morning. Uh, so it shows that you know the market is being very resilient. We're not having uh, you know the same kind of pullbacks that we used to have. And as you showed me the number, futures are well, now, you know, futures have just dropped a little bit. So so we're it's fluctuating right around it's exactly fluctuating right, right. around zero. So it's basically flat. But what you're talking about is we're into the one thousand and ninety days, calendar days now that uh, through through. Yesterday, right? Yesterday, and that's that's without a ten percent or greater drop. Fifth longest stretch in the last fifty years. And so, what does that say? Are we do this drop? Is that? And so, if I'm an investor and I'm thinking, okay, yesterday begins. Let's just say yesterday begins the drop, right? And that's that's so much speculation. But the reality is. If we anticipate it and we know it, then we know we get it over with and we move to the next level. Exactly right. It's not anything to be scared of, and that's the, the, the thing that we need to focus on. I saw a headline this morning that we were talking about before the show that said $320 billion had been erased from U.S. equity values. Erased as if that's permanently gone away. Gone, history, you know, somebody's took it out and threw it overboard. And you've, you know, you've lost you never all get this it money. Back. You can't you never get, it, get back. it back. That's right. Uh, and you may make back all of that today. The, you know, again, to quote Bob Dahl, the probably the least believed bull market uh, in, 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 in his 50 years of doing business. And I think the reality is that's exactly right. And I consider that a positive. I think that is a positive. Because if people are thinking that away, 
then that means we still got some momentum right. with this bull market. It's when everybody wants to get in the market is when I say, uh-oh, time to move. We need to think about – and again, we're not talking about timing the market. We're just simply talking about understanding that fluctuations, volatility, are that's a healthy thing. Or we're going to see this on a regular basis. Hey, you know, we've gone through a whole year with almost no movement. We really have. And we talk about the market, you know, climbing this wall of worry. Well, people are worried that equity values are too expensive, too rich. And we've talked a lot about that. Uh, and there's still room for equities to move up. You know, they trade on earnings. Earnings have been good. So yesterday was not that big of a day. Yesterday was not that big of a day. You know, it had the had the feel of the start of something uh, bigger. And then you turn around this morning and again, futures yeah. are basically it's flat. Moving, you know, moving. it's, it's uh, nothing. Stuff. Uh, we got great stuff great coming stuff. up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we got Dr. Kevin Westbrook's going to be with us. And, uh, you know, we have a CFP. You know, I mean, uh, you and me both going to work hard to get together. We're going to get David Rochester involved. He's going to talk about a bold strategy. I, I like that. So uh, we're going to get into some business stuff. Some business stuff. So, again, if you have a business <laughs> or are considering opening a business, you must stick around for this stuff because it is vitally important. <laughs> By the way, Dr. Kevin Westbrook, of course, as everybody knows, is a, a professor at Union University. This part of our program is brought to you by Union University, uh, which is at the MBA program at the Germantown, at the campus. Germantown campus. And we're extremely pleased to have them as a sponsor of the program. Uh, Dr. Westbrook, obviously, if I was going back to school, which I am not going back to school <laughs> just to get that off the record real quick. Uh, he would be a professor that I would absolutely enjoy listening to. A lot of experience. You'll hear that in the program. Uh, and he's a great guy just to be around. So, I, you know, one of those things, it's a good to have a good professor, and it's good to have a really good professor. Dr. I could Westbrook's not agree more. Really good professor. Could not agree more. Makes me want to go back to school as well. If you're just joining us, I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker here every Friday morning from 8 to 9 on AM 990, the voice of Memphis. Of course, you can always listen to us in one of four ways, either on the radio at AM 990, Go onto the internet, search for our homepage, kwam990.com. Just click on Watch and Listen Live and listen to us on the internet. Go to the App Store, search for our free mobile app, KWAM990. Download the app and listen to us on your mobile device. Or finally, you can go onto iTunes, search for Shoemaker Financial and Talk Money, and listen to a pre-recorded podcast. But now, let's go quickly to check out what's going on with traffic weather, see how the market is looking with Market Watch in New York. But stick around, and we'll be right back with Dr. Kevin Westbrook to talk about business planning. Are you looking for an edge in the workplace? Find out about an MBA from Union University Germantown. Union is the only private school in the Mid-South with an AACSB accreditation, a credential found at only 5% of the world's business schools. Union's affordable MBA program combines Christ-centered academic excellence with small classes one night per week. Accelerated and online options are also available. Call Union University Germantown today at 901-312-1920. That's 901-312-1920. Thank you for joining us here on Talk Money every Friday morning from 8 to 9 on AM 990, the voice of Memphis. We're here with Dr. Kevin Westbrook, and of course, this portion of our program is sponsored by Union University. Dr. Westbrook is a professor at the MBA program in the Germantown campus of Union University, a frequent guest on the show. We're always happy to have him. Uh, good morning, Dr. Westbrook. Good morning, Keith and Jim. Pleasure to be here with you guys again. Well, thank you, sir. And you know, he always does a great job, and he is going to be talking about some business strategies, things that he goes through and, and he teaches there at the university. But I, I, Kevin, I have a question for you, and, and I guess the, I know when we 
talk about Union University, one of the private schools that's got a tremendous track record, does a great job, Christian-based, values-based. Uh, and again, I think it's a, if you have a graduate degree from Union University, you've got something. Okay, But this word, the accreditation that they talk about, to our listeners, you know, it sounds good. I mean, it, it, it's impressive. It says one it of a few. It is impressive, right? So, but what does it really, really mean? Help us understand that. Well, the AACSB is an accreditation. It's, I call it uh, an accreditation that is analogous to the Baldridge Award. It really represents quality. We're in the top 5% of all schools in America. That puts us in the same league, if you will, as the Ivy League and all the major state schools that have this accreditation. And it's very rigorous to get this. There are a lot of internal standards that we have to go through that we I know you have to ourselves. publish papers all the time. We publish and- papers. In fact, our, uh, to get the accreditation, our faculty uh, published north of, I, I think it was 65 articles in peer-reviewed journals, uh, major journals. And that's a major that's accomplishment a for, a, for a faculty to do that in about five years. That's impressive. It really is. Yeah, it really people is. forget that. It's in our backyard. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and people need to know that, that you have an opportunity to get a quality education, values-based, Christian-based, and again, from just excellent professors. Uh, that All right, you said the Ivy Leagues, okay? Yep. Um, if I'm going to get an MBA, got an Ivy League, you know, cost me some money, going to cost me a lot of money. Union University, give me that um, mindset. I mean, I know you, you actually was telling me one time, that you were in a meeting where you had an Ivy League professor next to you. Just help me out and help me understand what they said to you. Yeah, the story is I was on an airplane coming back from a conference, and this was about 20 years ago, and I had an Ivy League professor from one of the major Ivy League schools, which I'm not going to mention, but it would be recognizable. And I, I asked the question, I said, let me understand this. Is your MBA any better at your school than what we're offering at the school that I happen to be uh, attending and teaching within? And he said, you know, he said the human mind can only absorb so much in a 15-week semester. He said, Kevin, um, we, we, we let the smart people in because they have high GMAT scores, for example. Sure. And we charge a lot of money for our degree, and we have a lot of reputation in terms of our faculty and the publishing record. But in all candor, there's only so much I can cover in a marketing class. And what your guys are getting at your school are prob- it's probably about the same as what I'm teaching every semester in my school. You know, at the end of the day, um, bottom line is you, I like the idea. I know I can only absorb – well, I can't absorb very much. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys can absorb a lot. The reality is you can only absorb so much. That's a great the, point. You know, how do you use it? it uh, I know a whole lot of folks that – you know, Smart people that they they've got to learn to use their education and what they do. What I think Kevin does in his classroom is teaches people how to use it, how to take it immediately and go apply it in the job place. That's the difference in a lot of things that you see in a lot of universities. I know Union University does an excellent job at helping people take what they're learning in the classroom and then take it and move it into the workplace and get it, get some things done. Well, I think that's a great way to look at it, and it is that practical experience. And I also think, you know, looking at, at it from purely a cost-benefit analysis is what we do a lot with financial planning. Uh, I would not take an Ivy League degree over one from Union University. Uh, no way. I would go with Union all day long. Well, because I know I'm going to get a good education. That's exactly right. All right, Dr. Westbrook, it, I know you specialize in business planning. I know you teach this. I know you do a lot of consulting work. Uh, clients here, I mean, household word names in the city of Memphis, people, and I don't know if we could actually mention some of them. We might get that later on, probably best that we don't. But the reality is there's a list, and I could start the list, and I know their household names. Now, 
the reality is, why is business planning? You know, and it's almost like I hate to ask this question, Keith, because, but I know it's important. And for our listeners, I think it's a starting point. I think it is. I think, so why is business planning so important to running a business? Well, Jim, it really forms the roadmap. You've got to have a roadmap. If I'm going to go on a trip, I've got to know where I need to go. And I need to know how I'm going to get there. And here's the problem that most businesses have. They usually make decisions and planning based upon reactions. They kind of wait and see what's going on in the marketplace. They set a budget for the year. They manage to the budget, but they really don't have a three- to five-year plan out on where they really want to go. And they kind of muddle through as the environment's changing. They're not adapting to the environment, and they really don't have that roadmap to get them there in the next three to five years. And that's the problem that businesses have, is managing too much to the budget and not to a, a solid business plan of where you want to take the organization. You know, I know you work with a lot of nonprofits and you see that a lot in the nonprofit world where you've got a heroic leader, founder usually, uh, great at what they do, but running a business may not have been, you know, they have a, a different degree. They have a different mindset. How do you coach the, that person, that individual? Yeah, and we see this a lot in nonprofits that we work with, with the classes at Union. We've done probably north of 20 projects now with various nonprofits around the, the, uh, the, the community. Here's the problem with a lot of executive directors over nonprofits, no time. It's, they're they're too, too much in the weeds of right. operating the business. They're trying to make daily decisions, and they really don't have any time allocated to the business planning process other than maybe producing a budget for the board and the board review. Secondly, I think there's really a lack of accountability. Uh, they don't actually come up with that plan until the board says, where's your business plan and right. where you want to go for the next 24 to 36 months? I think uh, a lot of time is a lot of, lot of problems rather that businesses face is they don't have resource allocation. They don't have people to actually help them develop a plan. They've got to develop on their own, and they don't have the internal resources to kind of help them put that together. I know. When we started the company 30-plus years ago, I, I was telling somebody this recently. I ended up, I think I did five or six or seven jobs. Right. I mean, that, that was called... That's how you start. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, and you'd learn to delegate. Kevin, I find that a lot of business owners struggle just with simple delegation. David Rochester is going to talk a little bit about that when he comes on the program in a few minutes. But the reality is, delegation is a real tough thing for some heroic leaders. Well, I can tell you, and I operate my own business, I have a consulting practice, as you well know. It is hard for me to think about giving anything that I do over to someone else, and I think it's probably a lack of trust, and maybe oh, it's a little bit of ego as, involved. Uh, I don't yeah, know. They can't do it as good as you do. It's what you think. And a lot of times you think, you know, I don't want to take the time to try and teach them how to yeah, do it. I'll just exactly. do it myself. Yeah, exactly. And it does take more time to coach and train and mentor people to take on some of those roles. So why do it? Just do it yourself. But if you're going to you grow, strategically, right? If you're going to grow. You got to be able to do that. Exactly. So help me with what are the key elements of developing a business plan? The, the components, the thought process. Well, first off, Jim, you've got to understand the external environment. You have got to understand what the, what the operating environment is telling you in terms of your organization and adapting. For example, what are the competitors doing? What, what is your customer base doing? What defines the customer? What about political factors, regulatory, legal factors that may impact your organization? A lot of people don't think these through. They don't think about technology and sociocultural changes that are occurring within the environment. So the first step in any business planning process is really defining what it is that's going on in your environment that's going to impact your business both positively and negatively. Hmm. 
I think that's key and a, a thing that a lot of people would forget about is the negative aspects of this. I know talking about, you know, uh, on the investing side, when we look at companies and look at their business plans, uh, you know, they look at what's the industry that's going to come in and take their market share. You know, what is the thing that's going to affect their business, the negative things? You know, we'd so, seen some of the uh, print media companies back in the early 2000s. You know, they were so worried about the Internet, rightly so. Uh, so that's one of the things that a business owner has to consider that I think, uh, uh, Kevin, they probably wouldn't a lot of times. Right. And the next thing you do from an understand the environment is you've got to do a, a SWOT analysis. We, we, every, that refers to strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. In other words, what am I really good at, at doing in, in my business? And where, am I, where are my weaknesses? And what are some things that I need to try to overcome? Everybody tries to launch products many times that are me too. And the, product, the, the problem with that is, is there's no differentiation in what you're offering to the market. So what is the value proposition to the customer and what do you do well and what can you capitalize on in terms of opportunities in the environment? Well, if you just tuned in, we're talking with Dr. Kevin Westbrook, Union University. Uh, he's a professor at university, Union University, but also runs a consulting firm, does a lot of consulting here in the city of Memphis. But the reality is, if you're looking for an MBA program and you want to go to school to learn how to take what you get from your MBA studies into the workplace, Union University is the place to go. Accredited has this... Uh, uh, high accreditation, very well done program, excellent, excellent professors, and we're just fortunate to have Dr. Westbrook with us today on the program. I guess, Kevin, when you talk about a SWOT analysis, how difficult is that for the heroic leader, the founder, uh, either of the not for you know, the nonprofit or or the the small business? How hard is that to do? I mean, you've done this with a lot of people. What are the struggles that a person has? Well, I think some of the struggles are is just lack of awareness. And, and if you do this in a vacuum by yourself, you're really at a disadvantage. Here's my advice. As a small business owner, I do three things. One is I would get my internal colleagues or my employees together, and I'd say, folks, we're going to spend a half day, and we're going to find what we do best and where are we weak. The second thing I would do is go to my board if I've got one and ask them the similar types of questions. And then I might the third thing is I might bring in some customers and say, look, I'm interested in writing a business plan for the organization. I need your feedback. I want to conduct a small little focus group with you. Can you tell me what we're doing best and where are we weak so that I can then make strategic decisions on a go-forward basis to differentiate my company better? And your customers can be brutally honest with uh, you, yeah. and that's they, a great they, that's way, a great way to, mm, to get information. Well, how do I, if I get a plan done, if I do the SWOT analysis, and Keith, you know, that's a lot of work. It is a lot I mean, of work. You're doing a ton of energy. But I have found, and, and Kevin, help me with this, I find that sometimes people seem to can really do that part. Once they get the ball rolling, they can get pretty good at that. But I think that a lot of times you struggle and, you know, how do you me measure? What's the metrics and how do you make sure that if you develop the strategy that you actually execute it? Well, the next step beyond the SWOT analysis, Jim, is really developing a good set of objectives. What is it that we want to accomplish? And here's my formula for setting objectives, the SMART principle. Don't know if we talked about that before, but I can kind of briefly go over that. All objectives have to be, the S stands in SMART for specific. You have to have specificity or what is, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish with the organization from a strategic standpoint? The M stands for measurable. Are my objectives measurable? Can I measure it against some KPI or against some benchmark? KPI. Uh, key performance indicator. Thank you. And then we've got... Uh, oh, hey, I just want... I mean, I actually knew what a KPI right. was. You know, hey, give me a break. But I thought maybe there might be somebody thinking, 
you know, what's a KPI? Sure. And so, you know, I mean, key performance indicator. That's good. Sure. I'm the, just trying to keep us honest, guys. You know, <laughs> hey. the, that's uh, important. The A in SMART represents attainable. I'm, I'm not a proponent for stretch objectives or stretch goals. I think those are ludicrous, where you stretch the organization unreasonably. They have to be attainable so that you don't kill morale within your organization. The R stands for reasonable or responsible party. You may want to sign that goal or that objective to some individual in your organization to accomplish that task. And T is a time frame. When are you going to accomplish that objective or that goal for your organization? Smart. Uh, well, that's a nice way of putting it. That's a good acronym. And, and so that's a good acronym. Very well put. When we come back, I, I got a couple of questions. I want to just kind of move through this as we kind of understand what we're trying to do. But uh, Kevin does a great job for us, and we want to bring David Rochester in and talk about some of the practical things that the firm does. But if anybody's listening, why don't you tell them how to get in touch with Kevin and, and the whole concept behind what he's – they can even call the office if they wanted to get in touch with Kevin or, of course, call the studios. But Kevin is a is a person of brings a lot to a, to an independent business owner Definitely. or a not-for-profit. Right, and, and as you said, Kevin is the owner of Strategic Aim Consulting, and if you'd like to contact Kevin, uh, 901-258-0227. Uh, please just give him a call about any of that. And if you're just joining us, of course, we're here every Friday morning from 8 to 9 on AM 990. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. We are going to go to Charles Osgood for the Osgood file, but stick around. We'll be right back with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and David Rochester. Thank you for joining us here on Talk Money every Friday morning from 8 to 9 on AM 990. Of course, this program is brought to you by Shoemaker Financial, which has been providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service throughout the Mid-South since 1978. At Shoemaker, it is not about the plan. It's about the results. Now, I'd also like to ask you, go on to the internet, search for our homepage on Facebook and like us on Facebook. And if you would like to ask us a question, just post on our status on our Facebook page and we will try and get that answered for you on the air. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. We're and speaking you, with you know, Dr. they can Kevin also Westbrook. go to iTunes, iTunes. Absolutely. And I just had someone to call me the other day and they said, Hey, you guys said that the other day on the air. I've done it. I couldn't believe that I could listen to tons of different shows. That's that right, on and, iTunes. And, and so iTunes, type in Shoemaker Financial, comes up there, and you've got any of the programs that you've we've done over the last three months, actually. And the reality is, you, if you've got something like Bob Dahl, if you want to listen to that program, Chris Seaball, Kevin Westbrook, any of these programs get posted. If you miss part of the program you want to go back to it, just go to iTunes, type in Shoemaker Financial, you got the radio program. And we've edited the programs down right. to make it easier for the listeners to listen in. No, whoa, so. whoa, 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 whoa. We. We did not do the The guy that does the editing is across hey, the way. We lock arms with Art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and that's let's we. give him credit, though, man. I mean, you know, face it. We couldn't do that if our life depended on it. So. Art Frederick does an awful lot for us and does a great job. He, uh, he is our job. program director. He posts all of these things on iTunes for us. He keeps us honest. Uh, and, we don't and, talk and about him as much as we should. And that's because he says, yeah, and that's the biggest thing yesterday. Remember, at any time, whatever we're saying could be gone, just like that. That's exactly he right. He controls it. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Lots of power. <laughs> Lots of power. Kevin Westbrook is our guest. David Rochester also with us. And uh, we're talking about business planning. And, Kevin, one of the things before we went to break, we just kind of thought about some ideas around the, the thought process of smart, you know, being very, very dedicated to smart things and, and working through 
uh, if you're setting goals, doing a SWOT analysis. So you've been using that. Let me ask you now, now that we've got it done, the reality is I want to work through the process of making sure I can measure it. So help me with this. I want to know that I'm getting it. As the, as the leader of a company, I want to make sure that I am actually saying to myself, all right, we said this, we've worked hard to get a strategy, but am I getting it done? How do I know? Well, Jim, you've got to set up a set of metrics or measurements against your business plan. Here, here's the problem that I see. When I ask my MBAs in, in the standard strategic marketing class, I'll say, guys, how do you measure the efficacy of your marketing plan? Everybody invariably says, oh, well, sales rev- revenues have to go up or we have to get a return on investment. And that is true, but that's, that's also a, a problem that most businesses face. You don't always just metric your organization based upon whether or not sales revenues go up. There are a couple of other things you need to consider. For example, if I'm launching an advertising campaign, sales may or may not go up because we see that advertising has a latent effect. So we've got to think about, well, what effect does it have on brand awareness? So maybe you need to go out and do a survey of your customers, say, hey, did you notice the advertisements that we were running on the radio at KWAM or wherever it is versus whether or not your, in, in our case, student enrollment goes up immediately or not, which is you know tied to sales revenue or revenue for the organization. Right. Secondly, think about efficiencies. Those are kind of hard to measure sometimes, but those could be a KPI. For example, a lot of companies will launch some type of intervention to reduce uh, some type of inefficiency, say, in supply chain. Well, those costs are hard to measure, but you know that you're able to increase efficiency. So you need to be looking at things beyond just increases in sales, and you need to set up some key performance indicators or KPIs that may be actually non-financial in, 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 in terms of the relationship to the organization and measure against those as well because there are other ways to measure the efficacy of your planning. You know, that is so critical because, uh, I mean, again, if you're, if you're just tuned in, this is Dr. Kevin Westbrook, and if you've got a small business or a not-for-profit and you're interested in, in getting some guidance. And and again, so many times people say, you know, I can't afford it or whatever. It's a consultant. They're so expensive. This guy's reasonable, number one, and he's extremely effective. And and again, household, I could, we shouldn't, we can't list the the names of the companies, but works with a lot of household names here in the city, uh, does an excellent job, uh, an excellent job of working with people through the process of, as we've said, planning, measurement, doing SWOT analysis, guidance, building teams. All of those things are extremely important. He's a professor at the MBA program at Union University here in town, does a wonderful job there as a, as a professor. But the reality is, at the end of the day, it's about getting results. It really is. And, you know, when we were trying to think of the title for today's show and, and everything Dr. Westbrook does, and we thought, is your business firing on all cylinders? We were thinking about this idea of how do you supercharge your business? You know, this high octane kind of performance that we're looking for. Uh, and as you said, I would con- uh, uh, encourage anyone uh, with a business or a nonprofit that wants to reach out to Dr. Westbrook. Uh, Give him his number. One and the number is 901-258-0227. It's 901-258-0227. We'll post it uh, you know, on our Facebook page, and anybody that likes us on Facebook can find the pro, you know, get that there too. Definitely, so that's good. We also have a guest with us that uh, is one of our senior advisors uh, in Memphis, uh, David Rochester, and David works with small businesses, so very appropriate because he he does an enormous amount of small business type planning, right? And and I think when you tie the two of these guys together, and Dr. Westbrook's going to stay with us, but the reality is. This is kind of about the small business owner, the the guy that's in the trenches, starting a project, getting something going, or maybe he's been doing it 20 years and wants to take it to the next level. Right. 
So, David, welcome to the program. Thank sir. you, Jim. It's good to be back. Uh, let me ask you this. I guess the biggest thought here is what a, when you're counseling business owners and you're across the desk from them and you're working with them and you're listening to them, what are some of the concerns that you find that your business owner clients have? Jim, great question. Business owners have a lot of decisions to make. You know, they're dealing uh, with the external factors that Kevin was referring to, but, but the internal factors, uh, retirement. When's a business owner going to retire? How's he going to retire? One thing we see uh, most of the time is most small business owners, the greatest amount of their net worth is in their business. So how are they going to make that transition and, and they what put, resources? And put so much time and effort into running the business or planning the business that I think business owners a lot of times wouldn't think about these That's things. That's right. Well, exactly That's just right. like Kevin said. They're, they're involved in the day-to-day running right. of the business. But who's looking at it from an objective standpoint to help them out? And that's where I think we can play a role. Taxes. Uh, I don't know of a business owner yet that feels like that uh, they don't pay enough in taxes. So, uh, you know, that's always a big concern. But how are they dealing with it proactively as opposed to reactively? Right. Employee retention. You know, the value of most small businesses, particularly those that are service-oriented, is their employees, those that are serving their clients, those that are bringing clients to the table and generating profitability. And when we think about that, how do you retain and, and even recruit those top-level employees? How are they going to exit out of this business? You know, build it for 20, 30-plus years. Then how do you go through the process of, I birthed it, I grew it, now how do I get out of it? Mm, right. And, and just the, the emotional aspects of that as well. And then sheer transfer of wealth, starting to think about, okay, towards the end of days, how do I transfer my wealth, which may include my business, to the next generation, and who do I hand it off to or sell it to? And then finally tied into that is business succession. What what happens in the event of a death or a disability or when the owner retires, who's going to be their successor? You know, when you think about what he's just described, I almost get this this mindset of a of a kind of a, a circle. I mean, right. You know, I think maybe it is. only half of a circle. Right. The reality is being that uh, when you when you I don't think the business owner when he starts it's a, you know what what we're dealing with is Kevin's giving us the insight to you know do the strategy work on a plan develop it and then execute it get to the but then at some point in time what David's saying is the business owner has to begin to think about these critical issues and there's six of them and and it's sometimes you get so busy that you forget that retirement that taxes employee retention exit I mean how do you how do you exit uh, wealth transfer and the business succession, which kind of exit and transfer and business succession kind of tie together. So many times, those six little issues, because they're working so hard, become almost like, you know, I never get started. I never get done. They're working so hard on all the things that Kevin would tell yeah. them to work on, all right. the things they've got to do, as David said, the day-to-day operations. Well, I want to talk more about what we're doing with here because it is an issue. It's The small business owner is uh, climbing uh, a ladder, working hard. Uh, and and obviously he's doing it to be rewarded and incredibly important to the economy as a whole and Absolutely. all of us. Absolutely. So uh, let's go listen to Rebecca, and then I want to come back. I got a great question. I can't wait. I'm very excited. <laughs> if you're just joining us, I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. Jim has got a great question for Dr. Kevin Westbrook and David Rochester. So stick around, and we will see what that is right after we go to Rebecca Brazier for a Mid South History moment.
Thank you for joining us here on AM 990, The Voice of Memphis. We're speaking with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and David Rochester. And, of course, Jim Shoemaker has got a great question for these guys about business planning. Well, you know, I set that up to say great question. But the reality is, having been in business and counseled a lot of business owners in the past, I know these two guys do it all the time. And one of my biggest frustrations sometimes is, is we you get started and so, guys, I'm asking this question. Kevin, let me go to you first because you, you you start working the strategy. You start trying to develop this whole concept, and everybody's moving along. And then you begin to sense it's getting stuck. And you know the reason it's stuck is the heroic leader, the entrepreneur, the business owner can't seem to move forward. It's not that he doesn't want to. It's kind of like um, it's it's a, it's making him do something that is – a little uncomfortable. David, you know that from your standpoint of dealing with some things. So how do you, Kevin, how do you help this happen? I mean, how do you take that entrepreneur who's, who's stuck and moving forward? Well, Jim, here, here's the problem I think that, that a lot of entrepreneurs have is they love the ability to be creative and fast moving. Here, here's the problem with business planning. A lot of entrepreneurs think, well, this is a document that's going to force me to become inflexible. And I'm going to be tied to this document, and I can't make decisions. I can't run as fast and be as proactive as I've always been. But here's here's the point of why I think business planning is so important. Number one, it develops a framework for your people. It develops a written document that shows some accountability for each person in the organization and really kind of directs those employees on where to allocate their resources, their time and effort, according to the business plan. And so I think a formalized business planning process doesn't have to be inflexible. We can adapt the business plan throughout the year, but we need to provide the guidance and in, in, in a structured, really, format for many entrepreneurs and their organizations to proceed forward with the plans of the entrepreneur. He can fix it. He can change it. She can fix it or change it throughout the year if need be. But they have a structure. Yes, they have a structure so that everybody knows what the game plan is. I mean, every coach, before you walk into, and if I can use that as a metaphor. Oh, that's good. I mean, every coach in college, collegiate sports, they walk in with a game plan, but the problem is the other team may not react the same way as the game film shows. So they make adjustments. They make adjustments at yeah. halftime. They make adjustments with the coaching staff, but the, the team knows what the game plan is before the game ever starts. David, do you find that that's sometimes, I mean, when you're talking about retirement, taxes, employment retention, employee retention, exit strategies, wealth transfer, setting up a business succession plan. I mean, I know you and I have worked on a particular case that, my goodness, you could just tell when we were working with this particular business owner that, that business succession was was definitely a topic, but not something there was a whole lot of energy behind. That's, that's so exactly how right. Do you, how do you move that forward? What do you do, David? Well, first of all, you brought up something earlier when you were talking to Kevin. It's, it's delegation. You've got to eventually, at some point in, in your process, trust someone to help you. Now, from, from our standpoint, we're taking an objective look. We're, we're numbers guys. You know that. Mm. And so we're, we're coming in as an outside advisor, just like Kevin does, to look at the numbers. But what I like about what Kevin says is once you know the numbers, then you can make decisions. The biggest fear is not knowing the future. It's like going to the doctor. Uh, there's a fear to get that annual physical sometimes. What if he finds something wrong? Well, right. wouldn't you rather know now than until it's too late to deal with it? Mm. So I think you've got to go ahead and get the process started. And getting started, Keith, is is moving someone along. And, and, you know, when they're working in a multiple things, I can remember, and Kevin, you brought this up, and I hate to be, well, I, hate, I don't know if I want to be transparent or not. What do you think? I, nah, you know, let's don't yeah. be transparent. Let's move on to another topic. No, I, I actually can remember, this has been probably 20 years ago. 
I'm in a meeting, and, and Kevin, this is right into your bellwether here, and I'm talking about something, and, and we're going through this process, and I had made a comment, well, we got to do this, and we were not doing it. Right. I mean, you know, That's... obviously, I mean, I'm going, okay, guys, why aren't we doing this? And one of the guys around the table, obviously one of the people that I was expecting to be doing it, said, well... You know, well, I don't know if I want to admit this or not. You <laughs> You've know? already started down this road now, my you friend. Know, I guess I have. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I, they, they looked at me straight forward. And, and again, and this was an eye-opener game changer for me. And, and I, boy, I won't ever forget it. I remember the guy who said it. He's still in the firm. He's still a hard worker. Looked at me and said, well, we're waiting for you to tell us three times. And I said, ah, why four? I'm not going to tell you three times. He said, well, yeah, you do, because you'll change the other two. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, I thought, well, that's not. And what he was saying was you start down a path, and, you know, without a strategic plan, Kevin, we would run a path. And I, about halfway through the thought process, I'd think, well, maybe not. You know, I was constantly thinking, constantly adjusting. I was, running, I was adjusting. You were adjusting. Yeah, planning and but nobody knew, you know, I thought they could read my mind, but they couldn't. And I needed some help, desperately needed some help. And, uh, and, and you know, a person like Kevin came in and began to beat me over the head, uh, honestly. So, boy, is it so important, especially for small business owners, to have someone like a Kevin, to have someone like a David that guides them through some of this mess and lets them focus on what they do and what they do well but not, I mean, because it makes a difference in their people. It does, Jim. And, and I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of an outside look. Because a lot of times we're so down in minutia of day to day that we just can't see it. Right. Yeah. We just can't see it. And somebody can come in from the outside that has experience in working with other companies and say, look, here's the best practices. Have you considered this or have you considered that? And uh, maybe you want to reconsider some of the decisions you've made at times. And um, I, I just think that outside objective viewpoint is so vital. Absolutely. Well, David, we, I want you to tell us uh, very quickly, there's a, there's a strategy that we have called business owner life strategy design. That's where bold comes bold. from, Jim. Yeah, that's the, the statement. Everybody bold. likes an acronym. Yeah, if you remember what it stands for. Right. I do like bold. that one. Bold. And, and the reality is it covers all six of those areas that we discussed earlier. And to engage you, a person picks up the phone, Keith, give them the telephone number, but when we, we'll come back in a second, but the reality is they engage you to help them look at those six strategies through that bold process. And that's where you define which one's most important and then begin to work on that's it. That's correct, Jim. You know, it could be on the personal side. It could be on the business side. It could be both. I think a lot of times it's intimidating just to get started because it can be overwhelming particularly if you haven't dealt with these decisions along the way. Sure. The great thing about what we do is we have a team assigned to that. You know, Kevin has his team. We have our team. So we're taking an objective look at it. We have no skin in the game, as they call right. it. Uh, we just want to help them make wise decisions. So when that time comes, they're prepared. Mm. Absolutely. Business owner life strategy design. If you've got a business, if you would like to speak to David Rochester about this, about some of the six areas we just talked about, retirement, taxes, employee retention, exit and transition, wealth transfer, or business succession, just give David a call at 901-757-5757. He'd be happy to set up an appointment with you. Let's take a break, go to traffic weather, see how the market has opened up in New York, and we will be right back with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and David Rochester. 
Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com. Thank you for joining us. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. Jim, we got a little breaking news on the investment side of the thing of the equation. You know, this is from uh, yeah, in MSNBC. It says in a move, Bill Gross jumps to Janice. Uh, and, of course, that says that the uh, shares, the Janus shares surged nearly 40%. Let me read it to you. In a move that stunned Wall Street, bond guru Bill Gross, and everybody knows He's that's been the, the Pimco, bond king. Yeah, the bond king, has, uh, is joining the Janus Capital Group, effective September the 29th. The company announced this morning at about 8.15 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, earlier, actually, yes, Eastern Standard Time. Gross is leaving the head of PIMCO, the company he founded, and uh, shares of Genesis surged on this news about 40% uh, in pre-market trading. Now, wow. I don't know what it's doing right now. Right. But it says Gross 70 will manage a recently launched Janus Global Unconstrained Bond Fund and will join the Janus team focused on global asset allocation. He will begin managing the Janus Global Unconstrained Bond Fund in related strategies effective October the 6th. Wow, that is a, that is a big move. Uh, that is a huge move. It's shocking. In the, in the investment world, That's a, this is a shocking I'm move. I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out for the day, what that does to PIMCO. Says the, a spokesman at Alliance, which owns PIMCO, right. uh, the parent company, said it would not be commenting on Gross's departure outside of a brief statement confirming the move. Um, he's had he has a con- Gross has a connection to Janice through its CEO Dick Will and the former chief operating officer at Pimco. Wow! So there's the move. Now here's the here's the thought. I mean, we know there's been some news going on this past two weeks about Pimco, and. Um, is that part of this? You think? I mean, obviously it is. I, I think it must be. Uh, but again, this is this is unexpected. I don't think anyone uh, had any inkling that this was about to happen. Well, you know, this comes as a result. I mean, it's on the heels kind of uh, of the fact that the SEC is uh, investigating whether or not PIMCO inflated the value of its primary exchange-traded fund, the $3.6 billion PIMCO total return. Right, which they you just know, launched that, that ETF. That's where he yeah. was. And uh, this probe, of uh, course, is the, continuing to read, which sources told the Wall Street Journal has been going on for a year. It focuses on how the firm bought and then valued assets in the fund. Um, PIMCO, of course, continues to deny any wrongdoing. Plus, you know where Bill went to school? Where? Duke University. Uh oh. <laughs> now, don't even go there. I, I know. I mean, this is big news, and I and I, I think it's going to. You know, it's a, it's it's a bottom line issue. You've had uh, Mohammed El Arian. He left Mohammed El Arian. Yeah. He went to Allianz, the parent company, yeah, and he's a consulting for them. He's and now and, you chief know. economic advisor for Allianz, and so Pimco. I mean, the total return fund. All this has got a whole lot of things going on, and uh, uh, maybe maybe Mohammed's coming back. 
I do don't know, but that's I mean, that's a possibility. I, although I think from an interview I recently saw with Muhammad, he's really enjoying his new role and the, and the opportunity it gives him to spend some time with his family. So I doubt he would come back uh, into the day-to-day operations. Well, the reality Pinto. is, obviously, this is going to be a catalyst for more money leaking well, it is. And, and, you know, again, as we talk about, you know, these managers, incredibly important to do your due diligence when you're thinking about uh, investment managers. Well, let's thank these guys, because uh, in, in light of all that PIMCO news and, and Janus and surges and all that kind of stuff, these guys have been great today. These guys have been great. If you have got a small business, I would recommend that you reach out to Dr. Kevin Westbrook when you're thinking about business planning and David Rochester when you're thinking about the future. Of course, you can reach Dr. Westbrook, 901-258-0227, or you can reach David Rochester, 901-757-5757. And the market has seemed to... Uh, Market's bounced up in, about you know, 60. Up about uh, 60 points. Really good and, GDP number. That was the best the, we've seen in two and a half is, years. That is a plus, and I think... Those are things that kind of, you know, we have to keep looking at. Uh, the market seems to react favorably to that. Now, whether or not it holds it today, we, we don't know. But the reality is a lot of things going on good. These guys have done a great job. Thanks, guys, for being a part of the program today. Great to be here, Jim. Thanks for the opportunity. Jim, thanks for having me back. Thank All you right, both. guys. Uh, and, Jim, we've got a great show next, next week. Next week. Chris Seabald. I mean, we can talk about the bonds. We can talk about the economy. Uh, he chief investment officer for Advantis, and uh, I'm looking forward to listen to what he has to say. I think the key is everybody needs to know long-term investing. Long-term Quit investing. thinking short-term. Keep that focus. I want to thank Art Frederick, our program director, Francis Fortner, our guest coordinator, Eleanor Moskovitz, and Katie Brashear, our production assistants, Drew Johnson, who writes our Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier, who reads them. I'm Keith Quinn. And I'm Jim Shoemaker. Please join us next week where we'll help you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.